Summer officially underway, and we'll talk all about what's happening right now on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Sherm Chester along with Sam Bruno and Sam, kind of a uh, free free form show today because uh, we've concluded the schoolboy and schoolgirl sports season. So we can put right. that in the books. And uh, now we're just putting the finishing touches on a few uh, few things. Like, uh, for instance, this past weekend, the Seacoast uh, All-Star Sports Awards uh, down at the Music Hall. And uh, I had a list of all the folks that got the awards, uh, including some of the Blue Hawks and, and kids from around the area. Team of the year was the St. Thomas Aquinas Boys Hockey Team. Boys Athlete of the Year, that went to Winnicott High School's senior Tucker McCann. The Girl Athlete of the Year went to York High School sophomore Carrie Drake. Let's see what else we got. The Coach of the Year, Ben DeShanes from Marshwood High. He is the boys' soccer coach. And uh, let's see if those are any of those I got a list of. They do it by, I guess, season because they had spring players of the year. And uh, Winnicott baseball player and senior Joe Allen. He was the spring player of the year. Uh, Exeter sophomore, Andy Christiana in softball. And also uh, Exeter senior, Aiden Drunzik, the lacrosse senior. Uh, let's see who else. We got Mia Smith from Portsmouth. She's a senior. Nate Fletcher from Portsmouth. Dover senior, Griffin Leach for boys tennis. Sydney, is it Laval or Lavelle? The girls track and field from Exeter. She's a senior. And uh, when it kind of sophomore Stella Sabeni uh, uh, for girls tennis. Yeah, I don't see a, a, a delineation. Fall players of the year. Dover senior Tyler Sheedy for cross country. York sophomore Carrie Drake, girls cross country. Addison McNeil for field hockey. Um, let's see. Marshwood senior Andrew Goodwin for football on defense. Uh, McCann, he is on offense. He gets the award for offense. Will Ducharme for boys golf from Exeter High. Dover freshman carries fantasy for girls golf. Marshwood senior Trevor Wozney for boys soccer. Exeter senior Maggie Hall, girls soccer. And Oyster River junior Emma Hampton. And that was for volleyball. The thing I was looking for before we went on to the air to record today, they, they got the pictures of the kids like Joe Allen, baseball, Aiden Sullivan for Marshwood for basketball, boys basketball. Emily well, Rainford. the key for that room is that they were back live at the music hall in Portsmouth. I mean, the last two years, again, it was Zoom and it was, you know, yeah. online and, um, you know, just having just the energy of having all those young athletes in the room with their parents celebrating. It's just great. Yeah. I, mean, come on, yeah. I can't get any better than that. And I noticed one of the VIPs there. I don't know if he got on stage to give out an award or, or accept an award. Uh, Kevin McQueen. The, okay. Former baseball coach of the Extra Blue Hawks was there. I saw a picture of him with his VIP tag around his neck, and uh, yeah. I hope they did give him something because he deserved it for all the years. <laughs> Boy, he built a program with Exeter he High did. School. Yeah, he really did. I mean, I know because I was there when he first came to Exeter High School. I was my my uh, son was part of that first team he took over, and uh, it was a long season. <laughs> Congrats to everybody over at the high school. They got through a positive year. Everything went smoothly this year, and uh, now catch your breath and get ready for the fall. One of the runner-up, I will just finish with this. One of the runner-ups for coach of the year was Kristen Morissette, uh, obviously, who's done great things uh, with the softball team uh, past few years with all the championships, and especially this year. Wow, that was a nail-biter. Yeah. That was a real nail-biter. So congratulations to the coaches and, and the kids. They put out a lot of effort uh, all season long, no matter what sport it is. Well, now, uh, let's move on to some 
local news before we move on to other other topics. Um, you sent me a clipping in the mail yesterday. Uh, a new coach in in the basketball ranks. Go for yes, it. Yes, uh, certainly a name known well to uh, Exeter High School people. Dave Morissette uh, had been the AD at St. Thomas. He's going to continue to be the AD at St. Thomas, but he's also going to put on a new hat, which is going to be boys varsity basketball coach. Uh, Dave certainly has the credentials to do that, coaching a number of years uh, in the Granite State at uh, Riviere College uh, in Nashua for a number of years and uh, certainly has the credentials to take over that program. And uh, so the, the, the Morissette family continues to be uh, royalty in the Seacoast region uh, with no. uh, Kristen winning championships and uh, Cody uh, turning it on in uh, minor league baseball. And uh, this fall, we're going to be able to watch uh, Josh play for the Wofford Bulldogs That's uh, right. in That's college right. basketball. So uh, uh, congratulations to Dave, and we'll be watching his uh, basketball team uh, coming up uh, coming up this winter. Yeah, he he's uh, you know he's obviously got the experience. He's been a referee for many many years, and then when he got the job as AD over at St. Thomas, uh, and he said in an article I read that uh, the job had been open for a few weeks, and he kind of contemplated whether he wanted to take it on. But because he's so confident, he's got a good core of not only players but, but uh, assistant coaches over there at at St. Thomas that. Uh, He's, he's going to look forward to it. And I, uh, I think we'll have good things coming out of St. Thomas this coming season. So welcome, welcome to the, welcome to the fray, Dave. Right. And then going back to, you mentioned Cody. Um, we mentioned mom, we mentioned dad, <laughs> mentioned Josh. Let's mention Cody uh, article that was in the uh, Seacoast news, Portsmouth Herald uh, about his swing. Uh, he attributes his swing to his mom. <laughs> Not Dave, dad, but mom. <laughs> well, Kristen's in the, uh, I believe she's in the Plymouth State College Hall of Fame for softball. She is. She is. She's got okay. I think, five records. Uh, if I read this article, well, I won't on air here, but uh, the fact is uh, uh, Cody uh, right now leads three out of five major categories with the team he's with, the Beloit Sky Carp. Is that what it is? I'm looking at his stat line, and he certainly turned it on in the last month. For a while, he was really struggling there. He was batting under 200. Um, he's raised his average up to 232. And in the past four weeks or so, he's found his home run swing. And uh, he's up to 12 home runs now, 41 RBIs. Uh, he's the only player on the Sky Cops uh, to have played in every game. Uh, so uh, he's played in all 60 games for the Sky Cops. And then uh, I was just going to say back to the article for a second. Again, he attributes all of his uh, success with his swing to his mom. It was funny because I've tried to get her on board the show last week. And uh, she and the family were going out to see him play. Uh, they, they were in Ohio. The Sky Carp were in uh, Lake County, which is a suburb of uh, Cleveland. And uh, right next to Chesterland, believe it or not. Well, I know you're my authority on uh geographic uh, landmarks Ohio. in Ohio. When it comes to Ohio, that's, that's my turf too. So anyway, uh, they were out there uh, visiting with Cody watching his game. And that was the game. I believe that he got the three home runs. So, okay. so usually it's home and it helps you, but it's one, it's a homecoming in that case that, that got him uh, fired up. So that's good. So congratulations, Cody, keep going. And then the next step up the ladder, if he moves up, you were saying that uh, the next team is in Pensacola, Pensacola. Blue Wahoos. Blue Wahoos. So blue Wahoos. He could be a blue Wahoo next year. 
and uh, go to Florida. Now that's going to be a culture shock. I mean, playing in Wisconsin mm. and going to Florida, although it is summer. So uh, I'm sure there's some beautiful days up there in Wisconsin. The um, jumbo shrimp, right? And the- then Jacksonville is the next step. Jump. Triple A Jacksonville, the jumbo shrimp. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I, I digress for a second about this marketing thing with the blue wahoos, jumbo shrimp, and then all of the sky carp. I know I've got time on my hands when I can go online and figure out, because I, again, remember when they were the Beloit snappers and, <laughs> and, uh, minor league baseball, they go by how many hats and pennants and all the, the you know merchandise, the merch, as they call it, that you yeah. sell. And I guess the, the Snappers weren't selling the merch, so they came up with a name. So the uh, NBA draft has taken place. Uh, were you surprised by any of the choices, the selections, and in particular, the selection for the Celtics was at 53? Well, first think? of all, Celtics didn't have a first-round choice. I mean, right. that was traded away to San Antonio in a trade last year. Right. Um, certainly, Bancaro has the uh, credits. I mean, Duke, he's got the size, he's got the build. The biggest debate was about Chet Holmgren, who's, you know, Seven one, but he's 180 pounds, uh, and whether he can play in the NBA. And Jabari Smith, uh, he can do it all, but not a lot of flash there. So uh, again, you've got to sell tickets, and I think Orlando knew that they could sell more tickets with Paolo Banchero as their number one pick, and that's why he went up the list to number one. He was he was projected to be the third pick, and then just bounced right up in the last five, four or five days. Now I didn't. I came in late. I, I for whatever reason, I, I joined about halfway through it. Um, I guess uh, there was a little not controversy, but uh, number one wasn't happy being a number three. That's what I heard. Did you right. see that? Yes. Yep. And, and you know, I, I think I, I I think I think Duke made some phone calls, and I think that made the difference. Okay, but Brooklyn Nets. Uh, well, it'll be interesting because now that's a team that's going to be in transition. Uh, 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 I was going to say the Celtics, and we can pivot to that for a second. We're all disappointed that what happened happened, but on the other hand, I don't think any of us were surprised that Steph Curry would come through. Um, I think that I think the theory that Tatum ran out of gas makes a lot of sense, and it was at the wrong time. They 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 gave it their all, and they had their runs, but. If you go to Tatum, uh, that that last game, I mean, it was it was really pitiful. He was trying for two plus one, going into the lane, driving hard. He was trying, he was doing the flop before he had the ball up into around the cylinder, and that's you got to put the ball in the cylinder and then hope you get nailed and knocked onto the floor, and then you get the extra bonus point. Um, he was out of control, and uh, yeah, that that made the big difference in my opinion. I mean, everybody had their hot streaks, whether it was. Uh, um al horford even was was hot i think smart smart and white disappeared in that final three the final three games mm-hmm. uh they were nowhere to be found and then off the bench um grant williams didn't perform as well so it was kind of the perfect storm for the warriors they played great and the celtics played lousy and that's just your story over a three-game span and there's just there's your championship right there well, you had the, uh, and you had said it early on, if they had contained Steph, uh, just keep him to his 40 points, let him have his 40 points, but keep everybody else under control. That would have been one way of doing it. And then that one game, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, and then Andrew Wiggins shows up. Who was yeah. planning on that? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the Celtics had those games in the series before. 
So, uh, you know, they'll they'll be back. They drafted a guard from Alabama, Davidson. They need a guard. They need someone to handle the ball. How, you know, the biggest frustrating thing of the whole playoffs for me was not that just Tatum wasn't scoring. It was those turnovers. Yeah, uh, unbelievable but, uh, uh, that they just kept giving the ball away. And to a quality team, you can't do that. And, and not only that, but the uh, bench. I mean, they showed that they their bench was weak, and uh, they've got to have a couple of go-to guys that, that can step in. And, and hopefully the Time Lord is in better shape next year. Um uh, get his knees, you know, under control and, and be able to uh, take a he showed flashes of brilliance, but because of his knee issues, he just wasn't able to stay out there as long as we would have liked him. Robert, Robert Williams is a future star. He's yeah. a future star in this league. He's I mean, going no, to be uh, you need, yeah. you need big bodies out there. I was surprised last night in the draft. I, I, I know these guys are all in the six ten range, but were there any uh, centers cho- chosen that you saw? Well, just Chet Holmgren. I mean, he's seven one. Yeah. I mean, he's but he's 180 pounds. I mean, can you see him going up against Joel Embiid? I mean, it, mm. it, it's just not going to be a fair fight. Well, what what bothers me is that I mean, in the old NBA drafts, usually the first, at least out of the first five, maybe two out of the first five, were centers. Right. You're your big seven foot whatever, and and it just doesn't seem to be the big focus anymore. I'm surprised that there weren't a lot of more European players that were picked as well. There was only one player from Serbia that was in the the, the first round. So, did you watch uh, Stephen Smith have his breakdown? Stephen A. Smith? No, or, no. Yeah, in between rounds, uh, you know, he's a Knicks guy, and uh, I don't, I didn't pay attention, so I don't know what the Knicks chose, but uh, selected. But I guess it wasn't up to his standards, and he was like totally just putting them in their place, and so uh, you know. New York will be interesting because from what they say, the Nets are going to let Irving go and yeah. uh, he'll probably wind up with the gang out in Los Angeles with the Lakers. So that'll uh, make it a little more interesting next year for them. Uh, I mean, they've got, they got to, I mean, that's a big market. They've got to do something to, to compete, especially with the golden state. Um, but now this was something I read in the paper. What do you think about this? The Celtics are the most likely team to acquire Washington Wizards star Bradley Beal in the offseason. Yeah, pretty good ball handler. Uh, can certainly can score. Mm. Anything you can do now to take the pressure off of Tatum uh, to be that third person, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what you need to do right now. So if the Celtics are going to spend some money, that's probably a good situation. Yeah. He's got some years on him, uh, so that could be an issue. He only played 40 games this year because he had a wrist injury. Uh, he had an average of 23.2 points, 4.7 rebounds, 6.6 assists. So, yeah, I wouldn't uh, – but I don't – I guess, I don't know, they don't say in the article why he <laughs> would favor uh, Boston, but looking at the others that are in the mix, obviously the Lakers are right behind him and, uh, and even the Nets. So we'll see what happens. If Kyrie Irving goes, who's going to take his place this uh, first round pick uh, that they got this year, they're probably putting a lot of effort on that too with Jabari. So we'll see. Let's get to the go go Red Sox. Yeah, go. I mean, uh, I mean, last time we talked, I mean, they were just squeaking over five hundred, and they go right now into the next series at thirty nine and thirty one, eight games over five hundred. How did this happen, sure? You know, how did this happen in the last four weeks? Well, it's the time of the year where the bats start getting real hot. Pitchers start getting uh, 
stretched out. If they're any good, they're going to show their stuff. And then others are going to fall by the wayside. I, I can't get over. And we mentioned this in our last show, how many of the big name stars are just going by the wayside, uh, Walker Bueller, um, you know, with the Red Sox, it's all Evaldi, uh, these guys that just, you know, they get a, a twinge. Well, the, whole, the whole Mets situation with DeGrom and. Yeah. Jake uh, DeGrom and uh, Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah. You got a mess there, but you know, they're again, they're, they're holding their own with the bats. So uh, I, with the Red Sox, I, I hope they but keep they some performance. You know, where, where did Nick Pavetta come from? Yeah. Where did Michael Walker come from? Okay. Uh, uh, Tanner, Tanner Houck looks like he's going to be the closer. That's for good. This team, That's uh, good. Right now. Um, you know, they're getting some performances and, you know, these pesky little minor leaguers are showing up. Jared Durant, um, uh, the pitcher Wachowski, uh, Franchi is up from Worcester. Um, you know, I mean, guys, Franchi looks looks so lost the first time he came up, oh, yeah. and now he looks like now he looks like a ball player right now. Uh, Trevor Story is playing great at second base right now. Vasquez is starting to hit. I mean, the Red Sox are uh, going for that wild card, and they'll 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 be there. But uh, you know, you follow any other teams in the in the league though, or? Well, I mean, no one's going to beat the Yankees this year. Yeah. I mean, they're they're unbelievable. Aaron yeah. Judge is just crazy. Have you heard the rumor though that uh, Judge uh, is set a, a time limit for any negotiations, and I think it's passed now. So, oh, it has. He's going to arbitration. He wants twenty-one million dollars. The Yankees are only offering seventeen million for just twenty twenty-two. I mean, I can't believe the Yankees go into the wall with him over four million dollars. I, I just can't believe that well, to get this guy, get this guy angry and have him go to the Mets or just call up the Dodgers and say, are you interested? Well, you didn't read the article in the globe was uh, the Red Sox, his agents won't even talk with the Red Sox. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's going to, it's going to be 10 years, three fifty. Okay. Yeah. I, he could walk. You could walk across the street, go to the play for the Mets too. Exactly, ten years, three fifty. I've got an inkling. Again, I've got an inkling. I keep in the back of my mind hearing Chicago Cubs, and I don't know why. Okay, because the Cubs are in awful shape right now. Yeah, and that's a great baseball city. Oh, it and is, they need, and they need something it right is. now. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's, it's a great city to play ball, but I just can't. I, yeah, you're right. It's going to be one. I think one of the major sides of the of the uh, co- either coast to coast. Of, I would put I would put him. The Dodgers have got so much talent now. They got money. That's why they can afford to get him. Uh, I think the Mets. It wouldn't hurt them to go after him. You know, yeah. and, and again, supposedly the Red Sox are in the mix. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I mean, he he'd be your future DH. Yeah, I mean that's where that's where he would slot in. I think it all hooks up too with what happens with Xander Bogarts and uh, Rafi. You know, I mean, these guys, I mean, Rafi Devers right now back the truck up, uh, the Brinks truck, and give him as much as he wants. But did you hear Manny Ramirez huh. old Rafi be satisfied? Be satisfied. Don't, don't walk away. You right. Know? Boston's a good place to play ball. And there's a guy that, you know, had, had us all on his side and then he ran into some issues and then kind of booked Took out. Off. And, yep. and took off and then never, never happened. And, and same thing. We can all look back to Freddie Lynn, 
yeah. way back in the 70s. I mean, that was a kid that had a lot of potential for Fenway. He would have been a god. With, his number would have been up on the on the wall. Just the fact that, you know, you take that one step too many and then fall into the abyss. So and not that Evers will. I mean, he's got talent. That kid can hit the ball. But this park is, is just his park right now. Baseball has an opportunity now. They've got about five weeks right now. Right that they uh, have, have the spotlight on them. There's no basketball, there's no hockey, and training camp and football doesn't begin until the end of July. So they've got a shot now to do some good things. And, uh, you know, I hope they showcase their great players and get them out on TV and do those types of things. I was really impressed uh, watching Otani the other day and what he did in two games in a row. He went uh, eight shutout innings pitching, and then the next day or the day before, he hit two three-run homers. I mean, the guy is Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. He's being, you know, we're watching, we're watching our generation, Babe Ruth, right now, uh, pitching for the Angels and playing for the Angels. Do you think Mike Trout is overrated? Um, okay, I'm going to take take a fantasy perspective. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, you know, it, it's hard because a guy like Trout. Another one, uh, Christian Yelich. Um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Um, Manny Machado. People like that that had a, a long streak of, of success, and then injuries got involved. Tatis. There's another one, Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Tatis. Um, it, it throws the whole thing off. So, it, 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 and I understand that teams can't risk putting a, a hurt player out on the field, but it's getting to the point now where. And that's why to focus on your point about Trout, I think it's hurt him that he has been hurt so much, his reputation or, or legacy or whatever you want to consider it. So, yeah, he's a great player, and 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 he should be a standout player for all time for the uh, Angels. It just seems like, you know, he'll hit two, three home runs in a game, and then he'll go 0 for 20, 0 for 22. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next stretch. I'm saying, you know, it's just frustrating. I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the player that everybody that Major League Baseball wants them him to be. He's not the face of Major League Baseball. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, there, there you go, Rafi uh, Devers. There's the kid that right now is unassuming and just gets up there. He's a savant when it comes to hitting a baseball. He just gets up there and he's got his, you know, mindset. You see him how he goes through the process when he gets up to the plate and. You know, it's kind of refreshing to see a kid like that. And I, I hope he does not get hurt. I hope he stays healthy for his career because Big Poppy was a, a, a career DH. And right. I think in time, that's what Rafi is going to be, just a DH. But boy, what a DH. You know, he'll yeah. he'll, he'll be the guy that will uh, leave his legacy, uh, Not, I hope, with the Red Sox. And then you had Jeter in the Red Sox lineup the other night. Yeah. Okay. Tell me how weird that is. People yelling, Jeter, Jeter, Fenway Park. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, that's just not going to happen. I was watching a game the other night. I don't know if you're a fan of Bob Costas or not, but, yeah. but you know, Bob Costas on baseball does a very, very good job. Yeah. He's a baseball and, guy. And, um, you know, he knows the stuff. He knows the history. He respects the game. Right. Um, he gets a little, a little dramatic sometimes. But he had a great call the other night in the Yankees-Houston game. Uh, Houston was leading, as I was saying, was leading 6-3. Uh, bottom of the ninth inning and they bring in their closer Ryan Presley and uh, uh, he walks a guy next guy gets a single two men on Aaron Hicks up for the Yankees and he hits this 415 foot home run into the upper deck at Yankee Stadium and the camera turns on to Presley with his head down and Bob Costas says I think Presley is all shook up 
It's a great call. Yeah, it's good. That is good. It's a great, yeah, it's a great call. Costas, he is. He's a real fan of the sport. He's a student of the sport. Uh, he'll never. He'll die with that Mickey Mantle signed baseball card in his pocket. Yeah. I'm sure he'll yeah. be buried with it. You know, uh, that's you know that's cool. That's cool stuff. I mean, I I, I admire guys that can get into the game, and uh, it's it's changing day to day, minute by minute, and. I, I think the injury thing is what really frustrates. I want to uh, congratulate the coach, by the way, uh, the, uh, in one of the leagues, uh, yeah, the coach's team, number one so far and hanging in there, 17 game lead doing well. Don't blow it. Don't blow it by the all-star. You know what? My son is in another league and, and, uh, I gave him the biggest piece of advice. Uh, There's different variations of fantasy and we'll get to maybe someday we'll do a show about that. One of them is called rotisserie and it's based on stats alone. That's it. Wins, losses, whips, yeah. ERA. And then of course the categories for hitting. So his team is just from day one been running away with it. I mean, with scores I've never seen in the hundreds, uh, usually if you, you know, a hundred is the top score you usually can get. I told him, don't do a thing. Just let the team make sure you slot your guys every day. So you've got your active players, but don't make any changes. Cause you see these guys start trading people or dumping people. Like I, I I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I get a guy that doesn't, and, and then, then I'm also guilty of holding on to people too long. Now here's a name that people know around here. Yastrzemski. And his grandson, Mike Yastrzemski, Carl's grandson, Mike, just he's had a great season last year. And this season, he Not started so off hot. Well, he started off hot and then he got hurt. He was out for a while. And now he's just kind of there. Uh, he has flashes of brilliance so for the Giants. And it's kind of sad because <laughs> I, I, I should dump him. I really should. And I gave up Hunter Renfro from the Brewers, who has his flashes of brilliance, but he's more consistent. <laughs> so there again, that's what fantasy is all about. You try to figure out the combinations and you got to be paying it. It's like playing the stock market. And that's what I, that's how I equate it to. It's like, I don't gamble. I don't like gambling with money and I don't gamble uh, with stock or any of that stuff. But the fact is this is kind of just a fun thing to do. And you know, you yeah. brag at the end of the season, Hey, I beat so-and-so or, and right. this year, my son's going to take me to the woodshed. Two minute drill time. What you got for me? Well, I thought I'd do a little something different. Uh, I kind of look into the future. We've been talking a lot of baseball here, and I just want to make sure that everybody knows that in this postseason, the postseason baseball is going to look a lot different than it has in the past. There are going to be buys. Teams are going to be seeded. Um, it's going to be a lot different. There's going to be more teams. There's going to be 12 teams uh, fighting for the World Series title this year, and uh, it's going to be a lot different. So. Let me just do a quick primer on what the postseason in Major League Baseball is going to be like. In each league, you're going to have two division winners with the best records are going to get buys. So, for example, if the playoffs were to start today in the American League, your two teams that would get buys would be the Yankees and the Astros. Yankees leading the AL East, Astros leading the um, AL West. In the National League, it would be the Dodgers leading the NL West and the Mets in the NL East. They would get a first round bye, wouldn't play in the first round. So then your team that is the other division winner, let's take this case in the American League, it's now Cleveland. They would be the number three seed. And then you would take the next three records and they would be seeds four, five, and six. 
So if the playoffs were to start today, Cleveland would host the number six seed, which would be the Twins. And Toronto, which would be the number four seed, would host the Red Sox. Hmm. In the National League, the number three seed, the Brewers, would host the number six seed, the Giants. The number four seed, the Padres, would host the number five seed, the Atlanta Braves. On those wild card series, it's not a one and done like it used to be. It's now a best of three. And all three games will be played at the site of the higher seed. So then those winners that then those two winners of each of those series would then move up against the two teams that have the division leads. So you're going to have a bracket situation to look at again. Yeah. So Major League Baseball postseason is going to look a lot different. And if you're a wild card team, you certainly want to get the highest wild card um, status that you can so that you could host one of those series uh, and get those three home games. Because, uh, again, in Amer- just looking at the Red Sox in the American League East, they're not going to catch the Yankees. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've got to get a wild card. The problem that's going to come up here with 12 teams in the playoffs is you might not have the best team win the World Series. Yeah. Uh, so um, there's going to be some movement here. But anytime you do brackets and things like that, you're mm-hmm. going to get upset. Eventually, you're going to get to the point that there, there will be seeding, and it won't just be American League against National League. I mm-hmm. think there will be seeding involved, and so you might see two American League teams playing for the World Series or two National League teams playing for the World Series because they're the best teams and they've moved through the playoffs. Right. They follow. So I think I think that will that will be coming as well to keep as many parts of the region uh, involved as possible for ratings <laughs> that we all know and, and money ka-ching, and, ka-ching, advertising, ka-ching. and advertising and yeah. all those good things. Well, now I'm going to ask you to help me out on my two minute drill. <clears throat> you read an article. I did not have a chance to read it yet. Um, there's been a I don't want to call it a controversy, but a little dust up here in the town of Exeter about. Tennis versus pickleball, um, the phenomenon known as pickleball. So what I want to ask you is you read the article. What What is the latest on that situation here in Exeter? From, from what I read is the selectmen were presented with a number of options. And instead of converting tennis courts to pickleball courts, it has to do with the netting. Okay, the size of the netting that you play with in a pickleball court. So as a solution or a compromise so that both both teams, both the tennis people and the pickleball people can get a win here. It looks like the town of Exeter is going to buy some portable nets that are easily movable and can be set up to convert the tennis courts to pickleball courts temporarily. Uh Okay with, quote, the long-term future being, if the demand is there, maybe we should get some permanent pickleball courts somewhere, <laughs> not necessarily changing the tennis courts to pickleball courts. Yeah, there's a price tag involved, right? $5,500 for the portable pickleball nets. Now, see, here's where I, I have an issue, and this is not my two-minute drill, but I am going to just weigh in on that, which you just said. You know, corporate America... Come on, this is a this is a game that was invented out in the West Coast, up in Oregon, I guess it was, 
we mentioned that in a previous show, a guy came up with the concept. I mean, it's been around for a while, but he refined it. And, and now it's become a big phenomenon. And, and COVID was what really was the thing that stirred it up nationally. So the, the, the deal is, why, why, why don't companies that do this pickleball stuff, the equipment, front load it and get it out there free of charge? So, you know, the taxpayers don't have to take the heat. You know, it would be nice. I know somebody has to manufacture it, but you can write it off, can't you? <laughs> well, I would think that you'd want to, you know, donate, have the companies donate the, yeah. the nets or whatever so that you'd buy right. more pickleball paddles and pickleball balls. Right. Pickleball exactly. balls? You know, it has to be the basic stuff. It doesn't have to be the fanciest and the greatest and the whatever. I don't even know how you judge a pickleball paddle from whatever. Well, my two-minute drill, this is how we'll end this today, very carefully. Uh, believe it or not, <clears throat> there is an article. I got this on the internet. I sent it to you the other day. There is a pickleball magazine, and it's called Pickler. So you can go on the internet and look up Pickler. Okay. <laughs> but the newest a, thing. A huh? whole line of jokes here that I'm not going to get into. And not either. I'm going to say that okay. the headline of this article was, Nude Pickleball is Taking <laughs> Off. <laughs> And, and, and there's corny stuff that I'm, I'm, there's only two that I can really read. One says, nude pickleball is er, um, busting out all over. And then nude pickleball is beating the pants off its competition. <laughs> okay. But you know what? I had a solution to this. <clears throat> and this is as a taxpayer. I put my taxpayer hat on. Boom. Okay. I, I'm all for badminton. <laughs> It doesn't have to be nude badminton either. All right, so that's it. I just um, think I just think your future, Sherm, is in pickleball commissioner. Fantasy see, pickleball, fantasy pickleball commissioner. If they can have axe throwing and cornhole on ESPN, pickleball is coming there soon. You can tell. I think somebody on the Seacoast just opened up an axe throwing place. Oh. I, think, I think that's going to be next. Oh, okay. <laughs> please. Anyway, uh, yeah, just why don't we invent one of these uh, sports? Um, all right. So one, one other thing I did want to mention before we sign off today is that as we record, this is the weekend where they have the Chad football game up at St. A's. Yep. Um, a lot of people uh, from the Seacoast involved. Uh, you mentioned uh, one of the Blue Hawks right off the top of your head. I saw that Nathan Layton is playing for the, for okay. the East team. So uh, congratulations to all those guys. We, we, when it was at UNH, Sam and I were involved in it. Um, those kids are, are doing it for a great cause, uh, Children's Hospital at Dartmouth. Enjoy, enjoy the game, guys. Uh, and thanks for helping out a great cause. It's, it's a fun game. We've, we've been fortunate enough to do it at UNH, and hopefully we'll get it back there soon. Uh, that about does it. For Sam Bruno, I'm Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. And don't forget to watch the episodes of the Seacoast Sports Forum on our Seacoast Sports Forum YouTube page. And when you're there, hit the bell to subscribe and like us. And if you have any sports photos or game videos you'd like to send us or comments, Seacoast Sports Forum at yahoo.com. 